0: Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof, now we're lowering the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When I say one two, you say three four. One two, three
1: welcome to the whiskey topic I'm Mark Bylock and I'm here with my best pal Jamie Johnson how are you doing Jamie good how are you I am I'm sequestered as you are I assume yes yeah I'm
0: in the... I, okay. you're,
1: you're yelling you're yelling at a lot of people outside your balcony I, I hear you yelling on the internet oh. about people outside your uh because you you've, yes. you've basically you've got a view of uh, on the lakeshore of Ontario yes. and you can see all the people gathering and playing volleyball and, yes. and, and and cricket and whatever else they play out on the uh, get on, the, yes. on the so, beach there yeah
0: so for context this, the park are closed but there is kind of like a little mini park across the street uh from me and i was looking out there the other day and um people were playing frisbee and i was like are Mm -hmm. you kidding me like this can't happen right now like everybody like i I, I, and you know what it's the the weather is nicer like it's it's not fun to have to you know sit but you know we have to so uh yeah so i've i've uh, taken to to twitter a little bit and also yelled out Mm -hmm. my window a couple of times. I don't think anyone heard me. I mean, I'm, you know, it's it's one of those things. I, and I really do understand. Like, we've got a bike path and a and a jogging path down here. But um, it's so I took my dog out the other day, and it was actually hard to like make sure to keep the right amount of distance uh, between me and everyone else because there were so many people that came down here to go for walks and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I've uh, I've been a bit of um, an old curmudgeon, like, get off my lawn, like, shaking my fist out the window sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, I'm just hoping that as the weather gets nicer and, you know, people will continue to, to just stay inside. It's just yeah that's stay inside. Stay Yeah, inside. that's it listen that's to it. our podcast you know. that's what we got to do yeah yeah and the not, longer yeah, we that's do not. that and like the better we do that then the sort of quicker we can sort of be outside playing frisbee again
1: absolutely absolutely no i, I agree and and i appreciate the yelling i don't yeah. do enough yelling uh <laughs> at people so that's that's good uh I, it, it was a little, a little a little awkward around in the whiskey community there were there were a lot of there were a lot of deniers about oh this isn't that bad this isn't that bad and now they're silent
0: uh, yeah we hear
1: your silence yes. we hear it yeah. Right.
0: yeah yeah it's very easy to you know to help mitigate this and it's all you have to do is stay inside and um yeah. yep yep so we just got to stay inside for a little bit keep our heads down and and do our thing and and hopefully we'll come out relatively unscathed. so we uh yeah we've got a duty mm-hmm.
1: You know, I'm just- unless you listen to this podcast a year from now, then then please go out. I assume it's still yeah. it's okay to go out now. <laughs> I'm-, I, I'm always like freaked <laughs> out by people listening to this in the future. I'm like, You're, oh, we're yeah. we're in your past. Well,
0: this I is a, I don't know. I don't
1: know. What to do. recommend. Maybe you should go out now. It's I don't know. Um, it is, it well, is just okay. So a we're gonna- bit
0: of a time time warp. It can be yes. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> <Can> be.
1: <laughs> All right. on the podcast today, we're going to talk about whiskey. That's just great. Um, we we uh, we've talked about Indian whiskey a lot on this podcast, um, and, and just really just generally kind of hot climate whiskey, yeah. and and I guess they call them New World whiskey. There's a whole bunch of different names, but uh, um, I know uh, when I was writing uh, The Whiskey Cabinet, Indian Whiskey was just mm-hmm. something that I was like, oh, I should try this out of curiosity. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, was completely bamboozled by how, how great it was uh, and continues to be. So uh, we have Raj Saberwal here from the Glass Revolution. Uh, and Raj, uh, if he, you may know him, probably know him online because he's, he's uh, very active on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, but uh, he imports Amroot into uh, North America, I believe, um, and uh, has a bunch of other products we're going to talk about indian whiskey yeah raj welcome to the podcast
2: welcome thanks mark glad to be here hey, jamie man. thanks
0: pleasure no, this is this is great it was so exciting yeah we've been following you for so long this is just such a pleasure to finally get you on here
2: yeah i know we've uh i've talked to mark several times about getting on there and it's uh it's great um you know being being an ex-torontonian uh, but now living in the u.s uh seems like i'm uh multiple time zones away, but we are in the same time zone. So
0: you're you're based in Charlotte, correct? Uh
2: no, in uh close to Charlotte, Durham, North Durham. Carolina.
0: Okay, North Carolina. So, beautiful. Yeah, okay. Where it is
2: beautiful and sunny and about twenty four degrees today. So lovely.
0: Celsius. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Oh I like how you said it in Canadian temperatures. Did you say that yes. In yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Well I still get a lot of um um what do you call it uh you know obviously canadian family canadian friends so uh you know when i say fahrenheit they're like what are you talking about <laughs> Like a Neanderthal or what? So,
1: you know, it's... Yeah. I, I, I love the defense of Fahrenheit, which which, which, is almost, which is almost brilliant enough to to believe. It's the defense of Fahrenheit is like, you know, 32 degree, like, sorry, it, what is it's like 70 degrees is perfect. 100 degrees is too hot. Zero degrees is too cold. So, And, and 30 degrees is uh, water freezes. And they're like, this is it. This is, this, it's all about your body and how you're feeling. You don't want to be over 100. You don't want to be <laughs> below zero. You're miserable at 32. You just want to keep at 72. Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess you can make the same argument for Celsius, you know, it's like, zero and 22 and you know 48 or 52 or 42 whatever but yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. i get really confused Um, really easily so, so, Raj, um, how did you get into? Uh, so, do you get into the business of importing uh, whiskey and 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 bottling? Like, what what, what kind of? Uh, we're, I'm just I'm just looking at a career uh, direction right now. I'm you know so. How do <laughs> well, I get that's into what you're, you're doing because get- your yeah, job is yeah, 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 yeah. fantastic. So let's. Yeah, uh, let well,
2: us. you know, it, it's a, a good question because we are celebrating our tenth anniversary this year, um, off uh, off importing whiskey and other things into the U.S. And you know, uh, certainly. 11 years ago, I wasn't doing this. Uh, I had spent 20 some odd years in the corporate world, uh, mostly in the insurance field, worked all over the world, um, and then moved back to the U.S. in 2000, late 2008. 11 years ago, I hadn't heard of Amrit because it was not available in the U.S. Uh, it was probably at that point available in about three or four countries, um, mm-hmm. and India was not one of them. So um, I went, flew up to Calgary where my uh, business partners had lived at the time, tried Armroot, said, wow, this is good, and um, decided we'd go forward with it. Uh, went to India, visited the distillery and talked to them and um, you know set, laid out our, our plan of attack. Um, unfortunately, though, it took, because of the U.S. regulations, it took over a year to get all the approvals and everything else. I had to fight with the TTB a number of times. Uh, TTB, for your Canadian listeners, is the regulatory body in the U.S. that says what we can and can't do. Yeah. Um, so, so the rest is history. I mean, it it uh, was a trans- career transition. Um, certainly, working for myself is a lot more exciting than working for a large corporation. Um, yeah, but you have more challenges, but you also have more rewards. I
1: guess. Uh, Amrit was, was one of the or kind of originators because, because in, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because this is, well, this is what I wrote in a book. I assume it's true. Um, <laughs> it, in India uh, whiskey is, is kind of like, uh, it, it's defined a little differently. You can use uh, like, you can use like cane sugar or, or what have you, and just add some grain alcohol well, content. And since the rules are a little bit different in India with how whiskeys, I mean, there are in every country, but a little different. Is, was that one of the issues that you were having early on?
2: Well, um, I mean, there, so, You're right. I mean, it's most, India is actually the largest consumer of whiskey in the world. Uh, But what is sold as whiskey in India, uh, the majority of it is not whiskey, would not be considered whiskey anywhere else because it is made from a neutral um, sugarcane spirit uh, that's been distilled. It's a neutral spirit that comes off. And then they will add some, either some imported. Uh, foreign liquor into it, usually imported scotch or some uh, barley distillate that the distilleries have distilled themselves Mm -hmm. and added into it and it gets sold as whiskey. Um, So prior to the mid-70s, a lot of the whiskey that was selling in India had more uh, malt in it. So it had a more richer flavor, Uh, but in the early to mid-70s, a lot of the Scottish Uh, producers started coming into India and they decided, well, the way we can sell cheaper whiskey is to put less malt in it. So they were importing some grain whiskey or some blended whiskey from Scotland and adding that to the neutral uh, molasses or sugarcane spirit and selling that as whiskey. Um, So you have something like Officer's Choice, which is the largest selling whiskey in the world. And I use whiskey in quotations, uh, again, because anywhere else it wouldn't, uh, sell, be able to sell as whiskey. Um, so that wasn't a challenge because Omrood, um, as you're aware, Mark, is a hundred percent malted barley. It's made according to the Scottish regulations. Um, you know, goes, all that goes into it is barley, yeast, and water. Um, the challenges we faced in the U S originally was that there is no definition of single malt whiskey mm-hmm. and, um, at that time, we had to submit everything for samples. So the first five versions, uh, iterations of Amrit that we brought in, we had to send a full bottle of each of those to the TTB lab. Um, you know, I don't know why they need a full bottle, but they did. <laughs> They're probably still drinking it. And um, <laughs> and we uh, then we got approval and they wanted me to call it a straight malt whiskey. And I said, what the hell is a straight malt whiskey? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I said these are single malt whiskies, and they said, well, you can call it a malt whiskey and we'll let you use the word single in front of it. Um, so, you know, again, that took us about a year to get approval. But um uh, we we sort of set the trend for that because we were the first ones to start importing obviously Indian single malt, but also uh, Australian, English single malt, some other ones, and um, you know, we set the president fighting the TDB to make sure that, uh, now there are a lot more world single malts available in the U S and we no longer have to send them for, uh, lab testing or approval.
0: I was going to say, is this part of you, what you've taken on now and being that sort of first person through the door and trying to sort of like knock down all those sort of barriers. Like it, it feels like that you kind of took that on yourself. Um, and, uh, and so with all the other, you know, sort of spirits and things, have you come up uh, against any other rules similarly to the, the rules that happened with Amrit uh, mm-hmm. that have sort of stood in your way and you successfully sort of got through them?
2: Uh, well, they, the, the same thing apl- happened, Jamie, with uh, Sullivan's Cove, which we brought in from Australia, um, the English Whiskey Company from England. You know, we had to fight the same battles. But mm-hmm. because we had, were successful in doing that, you know, a lot of the uh, world single malt producers look to us as mm-hmm. being the entry point to bring stuff in. And, and uh, we started, we did lay the groundwork for it. We, you know, opened the door and and uh, I think allowed, made it a lot easier now for a lot of other world single malts uh, to come in and not have to face the same challenge.
1: That's great. Yeah, from a hot, so uh, tell us a little bit of kind of the, the hot climate and uh, how that affects barrel maturation because every generally doesn't age for long periods of time and the evaporations are pretty high. Like, how does you've been there? Yep. Uh, to give us that experience, I like Diana here.
2: Yeah, so uh, you know, I mean, India. So single malt whiskey is um, actually being made in a number of places in India. Um, there are more distilleries in India than there are in Scotland. There's almost 500 huh. distilleries in India. Uh, every state has, and multiples of them. Um, and so because of the different climatic conditions in India, uh, similar to Kentucky or uh, even even in Scotland, you know, you're know you going to get different uh, levels of maturation happening because of the climate. Where Amrut is located in Bangalore, which is 3,000 feet above sea level. It's in the south-central part of India. Um, and because it's so high in elevation and it's away from the coast, they have their winters um, are, you know, around uh, eighteen to twenty degrees uh, Celsius, um, and around forty-five percent humidity. In the summer, it jumps to almost forty degrees Celsius with about seventy-five percent humidity. Mm-hmm. Um, so very similar sort of conditions to um, Kentucky. Um, Ashok uh, Chokalingam, who is the head of distilling. Likes to say Armid the missing link between Scotland and Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because you're making you're making a Scottish single malt style, but you're benefiting from the um, aging process that you find in Kentucky. Uh, so, where in Scotland, you know, the average angel share or rate of evaporation is uh, one to three percent a year on average. In India, where Armid is, they average ten to fifteen percent a year. Um so if you think about it in five years, fifty percent of your barrel's gone. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and because it's drier, they're losing more water and the alcohol strength goes up. And again, that's similar to what happens in Kentucky. Um so you know, they fill the barrels at you know sixty-two and a half uh percent alcohol, and five, six years later you've got alcohol in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 73 percent. Um so, you know, the, and, and as, as a result of that, you know, for the, the standard classic Armored Single Malt is aged for about four years. Um, but in blind tastings, you know, it certainly tastes more mature than that. And I like to talk about maturity versus rather than age. So it's, it's a whiskey that's obviously more mature than its, uh, than its age would have you believe.
0: Absolutely, you're going to get uh, like a ton of interaction with the wood. Um, I'm, I'm assuming um, you know the, the the master blenders and master distillers have to keep uh, a bit of a close eye on those casks to make sure they don't get over oaked so easily. If you're using 100% malted <laughs> barley, you could really quickly sort of overwhelm that mm-hmm. sort of flavor profile. So making sure you know the consistency and 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 making sure that you keep a good eye on those casks. Um, you're yeah, absolutely
2: well, you're, yeah. they're rare, yeah. Sorry, Jamie. Yeah, the yeah, rare stuff that um, Amrit releases is called Greedy Angels. Uh, obviously, uh, play <laughs> on the fact that the mm-hmm. angels enjoy so much. Um, and they have um, they the first one they released was a 12 year old, uh, which in India is a long time, especially in mm-hmm. Bangalore. Um, they started with two 250 liter casks, so a total of 500 liters. After 12 years, mm. guess how much they had left? I can't even. I was
0: going to say, yeah. <laughs> Nothing?
2: 93 liters. So you had lost uh, 407 liters of, of spirit. Um, so the, they were, there were obviously a very away. limited number of bottles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, and then they've subsequently, this year, there was three Greedy Angels that were released all 10-year-olds. Uh, sorry, uh, last year. All ten-year-old, um, different different versions, uh, uh, two peated, one unpeated, and one was a sherry cask, and the other one uh, was finished in rum cask. So, really great, amazing whiskies. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of the short, uh, limited supply, obviously the the price mm-hmm. demands that. Um, but you know, they're So your ten-year-old, twelve-year-olds. Are going to be equivalent to you know 36 mm-hmm. year old um, Scottish single malts. Mm-hmm. You know we like to say in in Bangalore three years, uh, one year in India is like three years in Scotland. Yeah, huh, yeah.
0: Isn't that what you know yeah. the, the Scotch whiskey industry has is, is been looking for for so long to to try and speed up their aging process? <laughs> All you need to do yeah. is move to a hot climate. That's it. You know.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, the, but involved. unfortunately, well, with, with climate change, who knows that might happen, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. You know,
2: we, we oh yeah, we keep, we keep doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, so Amrud, um, you, know, um, you know, people ask, oh, do they climate control their warehouses? Well, the warehouses are controlled by the climate. Yes, there, so they're not, they're not doing it. You know, just similar to what what happens in Scotland, Jamie, you know that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're uh, open where uh, you know tall warehouses, seven racks high uh, all metal racking that the barrels are kept on, um, you know, and they, uh, you know, just continue to age that obviously be based on location of the barrel, um, you know, whether it's higher up, uh, closer to the walls, whatever, you're going to get different maturation that's happening in there. Mm -hmm. Do you,
1: do you bottle anything at 40% ABV? Because it seems like everything I've ever had. So I, I've had yeah. like the Amarit Pita uh, single malt. I've had the the Spectrum uh, yeah. batch one and five, I think. Uh, the Port Nova, which I absolutely love. That was so oh, intense. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, 16, uh, 62.1 on the Porta Nova. Yeah, and the Fusion, yeah. I think, is 50%. And that's kind of your starter, Amaroid. Um there, there doesn't seem to be anything at a, at, a, at, a, at a polite proof point. Everything's just like for a whiskey drinker's uh, palate.
2: Well, 46% is the minimum. So 46 or 92 proof for your American listeners. Um, that is the standard of, of uh, for the classic single malt and the regular peated. Uh, you're right, diffusion's at 50%. And then the, cla- uh, the cast strength single malt is at 61.8 and the peated cast strength is 62.8. Um, you know, that by law, the highest that, Amrut can bottle anything at is sixty two point eight. So even oh, though you get things out of the barrel at higher than that, yeah. um, you know, unfortunately they're restricted to bottling it at a maximum of sixty two point eight percent,
1: which is still fine.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know, yes. It's, yes. Uh, That's uh,
1: yeah, yeah. And the trick.
2: yeah. And you mentioned about the you know the uh, rapid uh, expansion and contraction of the barrels mm-hmm. and the interplay between that and the spirit. I mean, if you've had a cast strength armored, like the peated cast strength, um, it is so well integrated and balanced. Um, mm-hmm. you, can, you can drink that neat. I mean, the Porta Nova, Mark, you know, 62.1, um, I I just drink that as it is. I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm rarely adding any water to it because it is so wonderfully balanced. I, yeah, I, I, I've i never had an
1: issue. You're absolutely right. They're all like really well balanced nicely uh at a great proof point uh you never you never quite remember you're drinking something at over 60 percent uh yeah. yeah i've loved everything from the distillery that's it's been good great they good to have they, the
2: they are doing an amazing job um you know it's it's uh, every time i go there uh i always get a chance to try different um barrel samples and and they um uh you know they're even doing some rums they did a 100 percent malted rye a number of years ago um and, and then with the single malts, you know, the, being a small distillery, um, they have the opportunity to experiment and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you can't add flavor to whiskey uh, as we all know and, and call it whiskey. So Amrit, uh has taken to using different types of barrels. Um, one prime example is uh, Nerangi, which I don't know if it, I think it made it to Canada. Um, that was um, armroot that had been aged in a, a sherry cask that uh, what they did was they they bought a, a couple of casks of Oloroso sherry, still had sherry in it. They put orange peel into the sherry. Oh, wow. Huh. Sealed up the barrel for three years. So the sherry um, would extract the oils in the orange peel, um, season the barrel. They emptied out the sherry and the orange peels and then filled it with the aged uh, cast strength single malt and left that in there for three years uh, before they bottled it. So that uh, narangi means orange in, in uh, Hindi, and that really gave the whiskey um, some orange flavors, orange essences, without having to add orange uh, liqueur or anything else to it, which, you know, obviously, if you did, you can call it whiskey.
0: Huh. That's incredible. So if you were going to take our listeners through sort of an intro to, um, you know, sort of Amrit through its, a couple of its expressions, uh, what's a good yeah. sort of door to walk through to sort of start your journey uh, through? Well, taking... I would
2: start with the, uh, the classic, yeah, the classic single malt, because mm-hmm. um, that's sort of the base of everything. I mean, er, other than the peated mm-hmm. whiskeys, um, everything comes from the classic single malt, which is uh, 100% Indian barley. Um, The Indian barley grows in the north of India and Punjab and Rajasthan. And uh, it's interesting because it's a six-row barley rather than the two-row standard ones that are used in Scotland. Mm -hmm. Um, So six-row barley, you get smaller uh, barley granules. Um, You get a lower yield that comes off of that because there is less uh, barley grain. And um, you get... A distillate that has more protein and less carbohydrates, Um, so it it's good for you, yeah, (laughs) because all the protein that's in there. Um, But that's that's the yeah. Well, it is well, actually, you know what? Let me. uh, I'll just step aside that (laughs) Amrud actually means the uh, the uh, nectar of the gods, or the you know uh, um, the story goes that the the gods and the demons were having a battle and uh, they were playing tug of war with this big serpent. Um, and this, when the water started to churn, this pot came out of the uh, ocean, um, and the the gods drank from that, and it gave them uh, eternal life. Um, mm-hmm. So, so there you go. If you drink armor, you'll live forever. Wow, that's, uh, that's, Good that's a quarter benefit, though. Yes. <laughs> <Is> it- so <laughs> from the uh, so from the single malt, then um, you know, it's, if you want to do like do the single malt, then do the peated. Now, obviously. Uh, India is a hot country, so there is no peat in India. So they get the barley peated in Scotland to their specifications. Um, it's done at Baird Maltings at Inverness. Uh, the barley is then shipped to India um, to the distillery, and everything else is done at the distillery. Um, and then armored Fusion, which most of your listeners are probably uh, the most familiar with, mm-hmm. that is comprised of 75% of the classic single malt and twenty five percent of the peated single malt. So the two whiskeys are made separately, then they are married together and aged a little further um, before they are bottled.
0: I love that one. That's the
2: core.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yep. That's that's kind of what really made uh, won the uh, won the awards and, and kind of really put Amrut on, on the map. At least as far as I know, I may mean, maybe I'm uh, I think, but that was kind of the big uh, big seller uh, that started started Amrut really uh, taking off.
2: Yeah, 2009, uh, Malt Maniacs uh, called it Best Daily Dram, and then in 2010- Oh, let me guess, let me guess, guess, uh, Jim Murray. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) Jim Murray named- Malt Maniacs first, and then Jim Murray two years later, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, just a a year, but Jim Murray named it uh, third best whiskey in the world, gave it 97 points. Um, Whiskey Advocate, or what was called, I think, Malt Advocate back then, uh, named it World Whiskey of the Year. Um, and Amrit Fusion continues to win awards uh, every year. Uh, you know, best in class, uh, uh, best single malt, um, whatever. So it, it you know, it is an amazing whiskey. It's it's something that if somebody doesn't like a heavily peated whiskey, um, you know, you have fusion and and you're going to get some of that smoky, peaty character more at the back of the palate than you're going to get up right up front. Hmm. I would probably compare it to like a Talisker or a mm-hmm. Jura, you know, in style wise. Um, and then, uh, you know, then they, there's the cast strength versions of the single vault and the peated cast strength. Uh, so those five make up the core uh, of, mm-hmm. uh, of what Omrit makes. And those are readily available every year, uh, good supply of them. Um, and then over the years, they've had a number of uh, limited releases. I think even the, the LCBO uh, a number of years ago bought two two or three casks of farm root, and they were just bottled specifically for the LCBO. They were single casks. Um, I think one one was a bourbon cask, and I think one was maybe a sherry or port cask. Um, uh-huh. But they were really good. I think those are obviously long gone.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, yep, I think there the... would have been a scramble for those for sure. That's great.
2: Yeah. And then Mark, you mentioned Spectrum, which, uh, mm-hmm. you said you were able to, you had to try that, that came out a number, I think about three years ago and, um, really took the world by storm because what, um, Amri did was, uh, they, they wanted to get, um, uh, sort of be able to get extraction of all these different flavors without having to, uh, put the spirit into all these different barrels. So, um, when Ashok was down visiting their, uh, Uh, Cooper down in in Spain, um, he was talking about this idea and the Cooper said, well, why don't you create a hybrid barrel with different staves from different barrels? So he said, oh, that sounds interesting. So they took staves from uh, New American oak, uh, ex-bourbon, toasted French oak, toasted Spanish oak, and uh, I think there was uh, an Oloroso stave in there. So five, the first release was a barrel that was made up of five different staves from different woods. uh, And then the spirit was put in there to age. So you had all of the different flavors, uh, you know, uh, different woods give you different flavor expressions. um, So all of that coming in there. And then we, then they did a a four wood one because uh, they thought that the the Spanish and French uh, oak didn't really Change have that much of a change uh, of the flavor in there, so I think they're no longer using the French oak, they're just using the Spanish oak in there. Um, but that, uh, that was, um, uh, I think that won tons of awards, and, and it's still the most highly sought after Amrit expression. Um, and we will have some coming out later this year. Uh, and then I think another, uh, I think the first one's a f- the five wood and then there's going to do a four wood expression come off that.
1: Yeah. I think, I think we have a mutual friend and that's how I got to taste spectrum. Uh, Cause I think he, uh, he was able to get it from you uh, because I don't, I don't think it ever sold in Canada and I, and I had a sample of those. So I thought it was uh pretty incredible and and just
2: really mind blowing. Oh, that's right. I I, uh, I think I dropped off a bottle for him on a trip to Toronto. And, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he Yeah, and, and
1: he's great because he'll share
2: it with. Ed and yeah, so yeah. Just, well, but, yeah. you know, that's what whiskey's for. I is was going to say you that's know? what, you know? what I, us whiskey
0: know. people do. We love to share things, so. right? Yeah.
2: Right. I mean, we have. You know, I think people go, oh, uh, what do you have you do- that you haven't opened? I say, well, most of the stuff's open. I mean, which the, open. you know, yeah. I might have, yeah, I might have like <laughs> multiple bottles of the same thing that I haven't opened those, but, you know, they're, it's not doing anybody any good if it's just sitting there.
0: That we feel the exact same way, Raj, we really do. It's it's always, I'm always sort of taken (laughs) aback when, when somebody says sort of the opposite, like, oh, no, this is special. Like, and like, you know what, there are some very special whiskeys out there and, and, and uh, some that people are are holding on to. But, uh, but, you know, whenever I hear somebody. um, Well, um,
2: yeah, I I mean, I I bought a collection. yeah.
0: I always want to get yeah, in I bought a nineteen. 19-
2: <laughs> <laughs> I remember buying a, a 1959 uh Glenn Grant um single cask uh that was uh, in a sherry barrel and it was 40 years old when I bought it. Um wow. just on the on the eve of my 40th birthday and then I said, "Oh, I'll save it for my 50th," which I didn't open, and then I said, "I'll save it for my 60th." And um Uh, unfortunately, my my dad passed away just uh, a day before my 60th birthday. And so we were all up in uh, Toronto together, my brother, my cousins and everything. And I brought the bottle up and said, Mm -hmm. you know what? Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm still saving this for. If uh, Mm -hmm. my dad would have wanted us to share this. So we opened that up and everyone had a a drama fit. And it was uh, quite an amazing whiskey. Yeah.
0: And it's quite an amazing moment to remember as well. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Those those are the moments for sure for sure. Yeah. So Raj, not only are you bringing in um Amrit, uh and and a bunch of sort of other spirits um you're also um bringing in independent bottlings and if i'm not mistaken you're putting you're you're choosing some of them yourself.
2: Yes um so we That's the dream job, we isn't import- it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, when you get to that point it's it's nice to be able to do that. We uh we import Blackadder into the U.S. Uh, Blackadder, some of you may be familiar with, is um, an independent bottler who is celebrating 25 years this year, uh, mostly known for their raw cask whiskeys. Um, so those whiskeys will actually have a barrel, char barrel settlement in the bottles. Um, it has goes through the least amount of filtration. Um, Robin to succ- likes to say this is the way whiskey used to be Right. Uh, when you you know you went to a, a, a bar or pub in in Scotland uh, back in the early 1900s, there would not be a wall of whiskey. Um, the barkeep would have a barrel from the local distillery on the ground, and you just gave him a whiskey, and they would pull it right from the barrel and get all of those wonderful fats and oils and all that flavor in there. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, Murray McDavid is another independent bottler that we bring in. Um, they. Um, I think right now we have about eight or nine different expressions from them. And, um, and then we had a couple of other independent bottlers ju- during the course of the year. The reason we, we pick independent bottlers is, you know, being a small importer uh, it's hard for us to get uh, Scottish single malt because most of the S- Scottish distilleries are owned by big corporations or, you know, are part of a larger group and they already have their distribution channel. So Being able to have independent bottlers still gives us access to uh, Scottish single malts that uh, we all love. Um, And during the course of that, going to Scotland every year and going to visit other distilleries, um, we started exploring, why don't we buy our own barrels and bottle different things? And um, so uh, we came up, our, our whiskey is bottled under the name Dram Hunter, and uh, we just yep. released our first two Great, this year. Um, we we're always looking for something rare, so the first two I was able to get uh, two casks, the last two casks uh, from a closed Australian distillery called Southern Coast, and um, I one of them only yielded fifty bottles, and the other one one hundred and fifty bottles, which uh, we uh, bottled in cast strength. Um, and the first, the, the fifty bottle one went to one. Retailer that all sold out within a couple of weeks. And uh, the next one, we have a little bit of it left. Um, but right now, aging in Scotland, we have a 32, almost 33-year-old um, canvas single grain that uh, two years ago I transferred into a sherry cask. Um, so we'll bottle it sometime this year. Um, a cask of uh, Leitchick, which um, I just put into a rum cask last year. So I'm finishing in a rum Mm. Um, what else? A few other ones that are sitting there. So, you know, where I was looking at stuff, uh, obviously g- given the U S the tariffs that are on, uh, mm. Scotch single malt right now, um, that sort of put us into a bit of a, a point where we're not looking for, um, uh, Scottish Singapore, right now, until hopefully this tariff situation gets sorted out. You, know, you folks in Canada don't have to worry about that. But, uh, I was going to say, we, we just need to drink do. more, I
1: guess. We're not drinking enough. <laughs> yeah, uh. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But we're,
2: uh, Jamie and I, we were joking earlier about teaspoon whiskeys because um, I, I said I don't have a Belvini here, but I do have a, a Burnside. And, and Burnside is um, the name given to uh, a cask of Belvini that has allegedly has a teaspoon of Glenfiddich in it. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you can't. So that that prevents um, the dis- Anyone it, when the distilleries sell that off, you can't sell it as a single malt. Um, but we can bring those in to the country, into the U.S., and they're not subject to the tariff. So something like a you know a, a twenty-six or thirty-year-old uh, Burnside or or a Wardhead, which is glenophytic with some Belvini in it, um, you know, you're getting good value on those. Uh, delicious whiskies, and we're not paying the tariff on them
1: because the tariffs are only on single malts correct, correct. oh right of course so, yeah they went right so. for the heart of scotland yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah. well and then northern irish single malts which is weird because there's a lot of them but that was what uh, was done <laughs> yeah. yeah so um, but those are yeah those are some of the uh, areas we're playing with in in uh, single malts and single casks. Um, I'm a, you know, I'm a big believer in, uh, cast rank whiskey. Um, I think that, you know, if it came out of the barrel, uh, at that point and the distiller thought it's ready, uh, it's good, you know, people should be enjoying it. And that's the point that I wanted at, cause I want to see what the, the distiller was thinking when, uh, he or she decided to release it. Um, and you know, you buy a cast rank whiskey, well, that gives you the luxury of adding as much or as little water as you want yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah and I think that's I, I, what consumers are sort of looking for, especially whiskey consumers nowadays is is having that ability to sort of choose yeah choose your own adventure and and uh you know for me, I really love a big bold you know cast strength whiskey so i'm I'm really appreciating this new trend of uh bigger <laughs> bolder flavor profiles even from sort of yeah. you know distilleries that are known for sort of softer more approachable whiskey so it's it's exciting for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, because, you know, even, you know, let's face it, uh, majority of whiskeys out there, and, and I'm not talking about the blends, I'm just talking about single malts, are technically blends because the distillery will get, you know, a number of different barrels and vat those together to bottle them um, to try and get consistency and make sure they're all the same. So when you grab a bottle of, uh, you know, uh, Lefroig or, or Lagavulin or uh, Bellvini or uh, Talisker, you know. The, the The mainstay ones, unless they're single casks, they've all had other components added to them to create something that is going to be consistent and uh, the consumer is going to appreciate because that's the taste profile that they've come to love and enjoy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it it does bring like it, it does the, the whole independent market and 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 the single barrel market uh, you know and others do as well. It it does bring a sense of excitement to to to, to your buying experience because you, you don't quite know what you're getting. I, I do recommend like when people go to like from Canada travel to the UK and I'm like, what should I get? I'm like, don't get anything you know because you can buy that here. There's the, the with all the tr- you know trading like we can pretty much get a lot of a lot of major. Uh, releases from from major brands, buy buy like independent bottlers, or buy something like single casks, uh, and, and just 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 go for the excitement. And then you can buy you know 20, 30 year old whiskey, uh, single malt Scotch, even uh, for very little money by comparison. And and then you really don't know what you're getting. And I think it's a fun experience. It's it's you know I mean depending on how much money you spend, uh, <laughs> it can be a fun experience. But like you said, it's that cast strength, and it's really wonderful to see how those whiskeys change and how sometimes and I like that, that what you're doing Raj is so you're finishing a, what what you have. Cause sometimes you just get an independent bottle or just get a, just get like a 30 year old cask, and, and it hasn't been finished anything. It's just that. And it's like, Oh, this is like the raw material. This is, you know, and it sometimes tastes like raw material. It doesn't taste like it's quite finished, but that's what makes it exciting because everything else you're drinking in the cabinet is so beautifully finished and, 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 and you know, and, and complex and has all the elements, a, a traditional Scotch drinker is drinking. And then you get this like single barrel, uh, you know, for 180 bucks and you drink it, you're like, wow, this is, this is, you know, pretty raw. It's, it has its own excitement to it as well.
2: Well, it, you know, it all comes down to, you know, wood management, because, um, let's you know face it, that 60 to 70% of the flavor of the whiskey is coming from the barrel. Um, mm-hmm. so if you've got, you know, and, and it comes to a point where, um, the, barrel, the wood from the barrel can overtake the flavor of the whiskey and you get something that's very over-oaked or, or too woody, um, you know, you want to avoid that. So look for uh, you know, an independent bottler that takes pride in what they do and they are a, a believer in wood management and making sure that the barrels that are being used and how long it's in the barrel is something that creates a whiskey that people are going to enjoy.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited to hear about that. Lecheck finished in a rum cask because those are two things that I'm very, very fond of. I love, you know, ca- like cask finishing, especially with rum, uh, and I, I do love lecheck. So I'm, that's very exciting. Can't wait to try it
2: yeah. down well, the road be, because we bottle <laughs> because we bottle our own uh, barrels of rum. You know, when they're emptied, I get to keep those, and we decide, oh, well, we have these bottles of whiskey or casks of whiskey, so let's do something with them and, and put them in these rum cast to finish off to create a, you know, a unique expression. Not that there's anything wrong with the whiskey by itself, but I think adding another dimension to it Mm -hmm. uh, is, is going to, you know, create a, an element um, uh, like Mark said earlier, you don't know what you're getting until you open the bottle. Yeah no that's exciting yeah, that's that's wonderful um yeah. uh, so Raj, what's um uh,
1: you know during this a lot of your travel plans uh i assume ha- well uh, of course have halted now um but kind of what are, what effects are you feeling from a distribution point of view on the whiskey guy? i know no, you know you're already dealing with tariffs so i know that's you know kind of <laughs> stage one um how are things on the business side
2: well uh you know it's it's slow mark um thanks for asking the uh Obviously, with most of the bars and restaurants closed, uh, our on-premise trade has pretty much dried up, uh, no pun intended. Um, But we are still seeing retail sales. Um, You know, you hear stories about, oh, everyone's rushing to buy things from the retailers and sales are up and up and up. Well, unfortunately, most of that is true. But most of those sales are, you know, the everyday, the comfort drinks that people want. Um, They're they're buying cases of, um, you know, Jack Daniels or Tito's or whatever they, they, they want to drink on a regular basis. Um, we are seeing some sales and replenishment of uh, our brands, um, you know, the higher end, the exclusive stuff. Uh, and we're trying to work with um, some, some key retailers that have the ability to ship um, out of state because, you know, we have all these regulations in the U.S., you mm-hmm. can't ship to certain places. And we're we're offering some of our rare independent bottling um, things to people because some of this stuff, you know, it's a single barrel. You get maybe 180 to 200 bottles out of that. Um, that's worldwide. And we may have 90 bottles for the US.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, right. So that makes it even rare because once that's gone, it's gone. You know, you're never going to have that again. So um, and a lot of the inventory that we have, we brought in pre tariff. So, you know, people are getting a chance to get some, something really unique, um, at a, at a good price. Um, and you know, that's the, that's the whiskey you want to have, uh, uh, maybe once in a while and enjoy the, um, other stuff that mm-hmm. you want on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's, that's good. I make it make, makes sense. I do wonder if people are, are just drinking more cause they're at home and, <laughs> You know, I certainly am other...
2: drinking
0: more because I am at home.
2: <laughs> yep. Well, yep. yeah, but, but Jamie, you're doing it for uh, research purposes, Research right?
0: purposes. You were absolutely correct. Yeah. About,
2: yes, you yeah. are. Yep. <laughs> well, we're, <laughs> do, we're doing a lot of uh, online Zoom uh, virtual tastings and uh, mm-hmm. classes. And, and um, you know, we had one on Saturday where there was, I think, about 40 people on there at one time. And um, everyone, I think the, during the course of an hour and a half, uh, each person probably had two or three different whiskeys um, you know, that, that they were enjoying and, and uh, we were all jealous of, of certain things. But um, <laughs> knowing, that, knowing that at least it's, setting a, uh, it's opening a door for uh, when we do finally get to meet in person that um, we'll be able to retell those stories.
0: That's right, because you are uh, an instructor for WSET, um, for the Spirits course. Um, And so are those still happening sort of virtually while um, all this is going on? Um, And is this a good time for people to start something like this? I think so.
2: I mean, yeah, yeah, WSET sent out something recently that uh, people can um, take, uh, sort of get an experience for it, you know, answer Mm -hmm. some questions. Uh, learn a little bit online, but the, the, the actual classes, I mean, level one can be delivered virtually. And I think that they're probably looking at that. They have been doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, The only problem is you, you know, the testing is still done in person Mm -hmm. um, because the test papers are, they don't want it sending out online because um, they don't want it being copied or shared. Mm -hmm. Um, Same with level two, level two has a component that we can deliver part of it, um, online, but then you still need an in-classroom, uh, especially for the tasting component of it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then just going through some of uh, it before you do the test. And then level three just lends itself to having to be in person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just because of the, the detail in it. I mean, that level three is a, a week long course. So it's pretty intense, um, but I know some of the wine courses, level one is, are being offered online. Um you know, and I think it, 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 people have people do have some spare time. Uh, if you want to increase your knowledge, uh, go and look for WSCT classes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other other institutions that take classes. Um, I'm I'm dating myself back in, I think the '80s. I remember taking uh, wine courses at George Brown, um, and those were a lot of fun. So I don't know if if they're doing anything that's similar on an online basis, but. I think your audience certainly has uh, many different venues open to them to, to try and uh, ex- learn about spirits, wine, etc. Yeah.
0: Including listening to podcasts. So there you go. Yeah. Yes. It, this is important. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
2: good way to, good way to learn things and get information, you know, For sure. uh, I always no, think, not- you know, you all, no matter what, what you know, or, or think, you know, um, you'll always learn something new by, either listening to a podcast or taking a course or reading um, you know, there's, there's, nobody knows everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now we're, we're always learning something. Oh, yeah. Every single podcast we record, every single tasting I attend. Uh, and it's really fun because you're like, Oh, I'm just, you know, seeing a tasting at a bar uh, with a brand ambassador, like, Oh, this will, I won't learn anything. And every time I do, like, it's, it's really amazing how often you just, you are like, Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it's it's always a lot of fun. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it is. It is.
1: Raj. Yeah. well we we will um are you're, you're great on social media so we'll uh, we'll have in your show notes we'll, we'll post kind of your your twitter uh account and all that good stuff as well as uh, link to your company um and kind of they'll, they'll be able to search out where to get i I do you know if you haven't had uh, Amrut, uh definitely uh definitely do go out and, and get uh, get a bottle it's it's always in my cabinet whenever it's around here <laughs> and and i'm I'm like a little sad that lcBO doesn't buy more different types <laughs> uh, but uh, but that's okay. Uh, well, we, ask we
2: yeah. Just ask your, ask, uh, push, push the LCBO to, to bring some other, bring some new expressions in, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they, they yeah. control stuff. Um, and I was just going to say, Mark, sorry, if, if people want, yeah. uh, go onto our website, glassrev.com and sign up for our newsletter. You'll certainly, um, keep on tabs on what we're doing and what we're bringing in and, um, you know, all our, all our travels and travel travails into, uh, selecting single casks and bottling those. That's I am doing that right now. Love that. Excellent. Well, thank
0: you so much. It was such a pleasure to finally get a chance to have you on the show.
1: Thank yeah, you, Jim. And uh, you're going to stick around for our Patreon-only podcast where we'll get to ask you uh, a question. All right. It uh, sounds so ominous. It's like, not do, a hard question. Jamie. <laughs> no, no, it's, it, it's not I'm at all. Ask you the hard
0: questions now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> no, but uh so so th- thank you so much, Raj, for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate having you on. It's glad we were able to make this work. Um and and yeah, no, it's uh it's it's good. And like you said, podcasting, good, good to listen to this time of year because it's all about education and we need to learn. It's, a good, it's an important time to have a little bit of a drink and learn a little bit, right, Jamie?
0: I think so. I mean, a drink and a book or you know, a drink and a listen, yeah. it's all about it.
2: Absolutely. Yep. All right. Thanks, Raj. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate, appreciate you having me on. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Two, three,
0: four, three.